to Heads on the Swivel podcast. Hello and welcome to Head on the Swivel, Season 5, Episode 25. We're finally there, the quarter century, the Super Bowl wrap-up, and also, more importantly, our end-of-season awards are all coming into play here. So... Look, I think there's there's an elephant in the room, uh, not literally because of his size. Uh, I, I think we need to discuss, before we get stuck in, Tom, congratulations on the Buccaneers Super Bowl win. Um, Thank you, mate. Yeah, look, we'll get on with what the show. Look, it's me, Sam Farley, my regular co-host. Me, Tom Griffiths. And our producer. It's me, SLG. Yeah, so like I said, Tom, fair play to you. The Bucks won the Super Bowl. You've been a very happy boy. Very An absolutely boy. atrocious winner, I've got to say. <laughs> um, but fair play we expected, to you. We expected nothing, nothing less from you than being a terrible winner. Had to wait, had to wait a long time, long time. But yeah, finally got there. Uh, okay, so before we get started, as always, follow us on social media at HOAS Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And of course, we've got dedication as we do to every show. I'd like to dedicate this to anybody who has to be near Tom for the next couple of weeks. Because uh, his gloating is, is frankly, is ridiculous. Hey, it's, it's a good thing he's locked down, isn't it? Oh, I mean, yeah. If I, if I, had, a pound, if I had a pound for every time I've uttered the words world champions this week, I tell you what, I would be a very wealthy man. Fantastic. Yeah, Every couple of every couple of hours, you put it into one of our group chats with a picture of your big grin with that disgusting baseball cap on, uh, and oh. a face only a mother a mother could love, I'd say. But look, before we before we move on, we're going to go through the show. So we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Um, we're going to talk about what the Bucks did right, what the Chiefs did wrong, a few narratives that have happened, there, and then. Uh, a ridiculously early preview for for twenty twenty one Super Bowl uh, fifty six, isn't it? Um, so we'll do that. Then we're going to do the awards. Uh, but before we do that, a couple of things. Uh, Sam, I'm going to let you take this one to start with. Housekeeping. Yeah, so we've got the punishment for bookies and ballers, and so we had a kind of last minute suggestion that actually is, is proven to be the winner, um, and it is that um, Tom. You, as your reward for winning, get to pick uh, five players in the NFL and give them a nickname that Farley has to call them for next season's <laughs> Head on a Swivel podcast. Any five players. I would recommend, potentially, <clears throat> Trevor Lawrence might be the target of one of them because I'd love to, you know, curb any of Farley's Don't... excitement surrounding Lawrence. Tom, uh, all I'm going to say is I was good to you about the Bucks this week. I'd be very nice... Please don't ruin next season for me. I don't want to have to call I, Trevor Lawrence well, look, something like Tazza. As everybody, as everybody uh, who's close to me knows, and probably some listeners of the show know, I do love creating my own nicknames for players. So I'm going to relish this opportunity to, to think up some uh, some good new ones. Maybe throw in some some old favourites there that Farley is uh, not a fan of, and uh, yeah, it gives me some good off season homework to, to to get going on and we've also still got my punishment for, for last season we have which indeed. has been uh i think attending uh attending some kind of plymouth argyle match well, may or yeah. may, may be dressed up in some fashion to be determined <laughs> covid is uh COVID i mean the way the way you're that, going but... about it you, you'll, you could, you'll probably end up going in just like in in full bucks kind of gear to, to a random game oh it's gonna be dreadful okay so look 
Actually, that's a of... shout. Get him to get him to dress up in uh, in full kit, American football kit, pads, helmet, God, and all to a play for our away game. I wouldn't want anybody I know at football <laughs> to see me associated with some guy, like a Make a Wish character, dressed up in full kit. Um, now let's let's move on now. So actually, one thing we will say before we kind of crack on with the show, um, obviously the Super Bowl has happened. So there are no longer games for at least a couple of months. So we're going to be kind of slowing things down in terms of bringing out shows. Mm. We'll have one sort of pre-draft, after-draft, uh, and and kind of around that time. But don't be expecting us to be in your feed every week. Um, and another reason to follow us on Twitter, at HOAS Podcast, or other platforms, and you'll kind of get an idea of when we're planning to release shows. Likewise, if there's anything you think we should be doing over, over the off-season, please let us know and... Um, We'd love to hear those suggestions and we might well do them. Um, but look, let's get straight stuck into hot topics. Hot topics, of course, being Super Bowl 55. And Tom, let's let's have you starting with what the mm. Bucks did right. Well, so it is a tough one to start on because the short answer really is everything. Um, it was just an incredible performance, really never did I expect such a kind of domination. I don't think anybody did, even those picking the Bucks were, were not picking the Bucks by by much. And I think, look, you know, he's going to come across as, you know, super fan kind of going OTT, but I, I genuinely do think, you know, it can't be discounted. This was one of the, the great defensive performances, I think, in a Super Bowl. If you're talking about a number one, a number one ranked offense, which the Chiefs were this season, being with a generational quarterback, being held to nine points and not scoring a touchdown. Uh, I mean, you're, we're all kind of semi-betting men. The odds that you would have got on that would have been frightening. So I think the performance was was incredible. Um, we're going to get to, to narrative, so I'm going to kind of try and try and steer it in in a general direction, which leaves us a bit to talk about there when we get to it. So just focus on a couple of things and then get you guys to, to come in on, on, on your thoughts. What the Bucks did right, I really, really liked, if we take one thing on offense, one thing on defense, I really, really liked the range of play calling that they put together on offense. I mean, all the focus coming in was on Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and that Chiefs offense and the ways that they can kind of beat you, slice and dice you. But I thought the Bucks variety of play calling was exceptionally impressive and the balance that they showed which we've talked about all season was a huge factor they ran the ball really successfully Jones and Fournette both with over five yards an attempt or five yards a carry 145 yards on the ground for, for the Bucks. Brady with a very very solid game no, no mistakes but a couple of plays that that I'd point to just in terms of offensive design the first touchdown for Gronkowski was exceptional you know they completely faked out the Chiefs with him coming across the line of scrimmage looking like he was going to block if you if you re-watch it you'll see Frank Clark completely wrong-footed and you had kind of uh you had Gronk there on the on the RPO type play which I thought was was brilliant um so that that was the a particular one I guess that I wanted to highlight and then the play the play for Fournette for the touchdown the, the the pulling the pulling guard with Marpet getting out out front, tremendous blocking by the offensive line and he was untouched thirty yards for a touchdown. So I think balance would be the key thing I'd say on offense and then defensively we talked about it in in the run up. It's the ability to get pressure with with four and not having to to bring extra men. I think we only brought kind of five defenders on a handful of a handful of plays. 
and the Chiefs' offensive line just, just couldn't cope with it. It was very much a, we're going to keep all of the plays in front of us, we're going to play deep zone. If you're going to beat us, it's going to be dink and dunk underneath, it's not going to be Tyreek Hill. And it was a, it was a masterful plan, and, and it worked to perfection. And actually, I think the Chiefs, they really did run out of ideas. They were flustered, uh, and those short kind of plays, they, they didn't have the ability to put together those long drives. So... Yeah, very impressive, both on offense and defense. What did you guys make of it? I mean, um, if I, yeah, you uh, start, so. Okay. Well, I mean, kind of going going where you kind of finished there, I think that you've got to say that in terms of what they did wrong, um, having their two starting tackles being injured is never a great place to start. However, it was very notable for me that they then decided to only protect with five throughout basically the entirety mm. of the game and i feel like uh, it's very easy to say in hindsight now but they would have been much better off kind of getting a couple of extra bodies in protection having six seven man protections and letting tyreek hill Mikael hardman and travis casey just kind of find space i mean patrick mahomes was harassed constantly because uh, and every time it seemed to just kind of be worse because it was I mean, we talked, we've talked. we been talking about this kind of uh, about Russell Wilson, but the same thing applies to, to Patrick Mahomes where he, was in a, he didn't trust his tackles, so kept on scrambling out and mm. in the kind of process of doing so made it harder and harder for his tackles to block as the game progressed. Um, I'm amazed he wasn't more hurt because um, he got absolutely murdered a few there times. There was one play where he yeah, just got, got completely crushed in there. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so, I mean... What they did wrong there is they just they didn't come up with a game plan that kind of dealt with the very glaring hole in the fact that they had their two starting tackles up. They kind of just seemed to assume our guys will will manage to win, even though, I mean, JPP and and Shaq Barrett, uh, Shazza Waza, as Farley will soon be calling him. Um, I think that they they they're very good pass rushing uh, talents, but they're not incredible they're not like very top tier um but they made them look world beating i mean shaq barrett looked like von miller um causing that much kind of uh distress uh for for the tackles i, I just think that yeah they, they they should have just come up with a game plan where they could get two guys on these edge rushes rushes and yeah i know there was an issue um picking up blitzes up the middle as well when they were stunting but yeah just a seven man protection maybe once or twice might have might have helped them on on offense uh Farley, have you got any kind of things about yeah, the Chiefs to, did wrong? to kind of echo kind of what you said about game plan i think there's one thing having the wrong game plan that happens but a failure to adapt during the game is is something you don't expect from a coach as, as good as andy reed and i think that is yeah the worst performance I can remember from him. I, I thought it was, it was disgraceful. Um, and I I watched back, uh, well, the Chiefs' offensive snaps. I wasn't really interested in the Bucks so much, just to kind of get not not that, but I was I wanted to know what what was going on and like what what kind of went went wrong really. And like you said, they had the situation with the offensive line, which which we knew, we knew about that coming in, but. I... Like, I certainly didn't think it would be as big a deal as it was. I thought they'd be able to adapt. But what what I found was so ridiculous was that the, the Bucks had two high safeties pretty much the whole game. Yeah. And 
Well, they've, they've yeah, had the two chi- high safeties against the Chiefs since literally half time of the first game. Yeah, like, they, they switched exactly. And, yeah, and they knew it'd get it as well. We had between Darrell Williams and and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, uh, eleven carries, and Ceh was actually averaging seven point one yards per carry. I don't. He came out super hot as well at the start yeah. of the second half. That was like, that's I, one thing I wrote down in my notes. I just don't understand why they didn't lean on that a bit more and try and actually make use of that, of not having a stacked box. I, I was just so disappointed. Um, again, I have got, I have got fam- a kind of... Sorry, just to pick up on that point and let you come back in, but I have got a kind of reason as to why I think that that, that, that did, did happen. Uh, I've, I've mentioned it already. I do really feel that there was an element of they, them being shell-shocked because there were opportunities for the Chiefs to... You know, I do, do I think that they would have won the game if all of these points I'm just about to make went right? No, but there were opportunities for them to come back into the game. You know, they the mental mistakes that they made at key moments. You know, Kel, when we when they made that goal line stop, and they had a chance. Kelsey had it. It was open. He he just dropped the ball, and that would have got them out to the thirty yard line. You know, there's no excuse to drop that ball. That would have been some momentum for them. Similarly. You know, the offside on the on the field goal attempt, which prolonged our drive, uh, and again, kind of key key penalties. They had a hold on a, on an interception. There were just moments where you know, and then maybe then they would have been able to kind of get the run going a bit more, but they missed opportunities to kind of get the ball back or prolong drives, mm. and the game flow just well, went against them. I think one thing you mentioned there uh, was was the offside, which which really frustrated me because. I, I was very angry with the officiating in this game. Firstly, because I I, I actually think all bar, all bar, I think there was one, one DPI that I didn't think was a DPI. But other than that, I agreed with all, all the flags. I couldn't disagree. But I felt that it was almost over-officiating, like a level of, a level, mm. like those, the, the offside, for example, you see that like every other play almost in the rest of the season. I, I didn't I didn't like the consistency. Like I, I no problems with the flags being thrown, but it feels wrong that it it doesn't seemingly fit what the consistency has been through the rest of the year. Uh, which really annoyed me. Um I think yeah, I think going I mean the NFC Championship the, game was officiated very loosely. Exactly like the it was chalk and cheese comparing the two. But mm. what kind of annoyed me is well firstly that annoyed me, but <laughs> Ultimately, the players should have, because we knew how that was being officiated, pretty much yeah. by the start of the second quarter, yeah. and the players didn't really, the Chiefs players, this is, didn't really adapt how they were playing, um, playing their coverages and stuff. I just thought it was, it was just appalling. Like honestly, Andy Reid, just a, a shocking performance from him. I think um, Patrick Mahomes did some. Still played really well at times. This this and loss is not on Patrick yeah, Mahomes. Never in a trillion years. Anyone anyone playing that narrative needs to study the game and understand how this works. You know, he he played really out of his skin considering what was going on. He was running for his life, and some of the throws. There's actually oh, that, quite that, a good that um, end one where he's like diving yeah. after being tackled full stretch and somehow and, and, manages to get it right on the guy's and, and, face. Yeah, cage. Williams dropped it. Yeah, I know. It's a touchdown. Awful. He just dropped it. Uh, you know, there's a quite a good clip doing the rounds of um, like Evans, Godwin, like on the sidelines, just being like, yeah. "This guy is just unbelievable, like magician, all this kind of stuff." He played. 
he played, I think, well for what he was up against and what he was given. You know, other players were the ones not making the, the yeah, plays. And also the positions that Andy Reid was putting him in as well. Like He played well despite everything that was going on. I mean, yeah, I don't know how much control he has at the line of scrimmage to be like, okay, I need an extra blocker here and how much is, is him. But you'd have thought that there'd be a discussion somewhere. It's like, yeah. Add, a, add for, an extra blocker. For all the talk of of kind of going into it, it being Mahomes versus Brady and JPP versus Fish, uh, not Fisher, sorry, uh, kind of replacement O line. Rammers. When it came down to it, it the the, two, the matchup that really mattered was Andy Reid's offensive mind versus Todd Bowles' defensive scheming, yeah. and uh, there was no there was no competition. There's no doubt about who won that. I thought. If if you could give the MVP to a coach, it would have been would have been Todd Bowles. I thought it was an absolute kind of master plan, just so good and kind of a question I've seen elsewhere that I'd I'd love to kind of get your your guys' feedback on is if if the NFL kind of coaching window in terms yeah, of getting coach, new coaches easy, in head coaches, life. do you think he'd have a job now? Yeah, or definitely. Yeah, at I least. Think so. Oh, yeah, I, like bef- even 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 if it was different, where like he'd. Yeah, I, I can't believe more people weren't asking for interviews from him as well in the process. Like, he's he's had a really good uh, year, few years, and every time he's under Arians, he's he's produced great results. And yeah, I mean, clearly, I don't think he was doing relatively well with the Jets compared yeah, to where they've ended up now. We've like about it, haven't we? Like the Jets, yeah. you know, the, the organization is the toxic bit, not 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 Todd Bowles. So a hundred percent, I think he yeah. I think he'd have a job, and I'm I'm very pleased that the coaching cycle has, has ended, and he's staying on for another season but just last thing on for me on Andy Reid I agree with everything you've said Sam I think there was a narrative kind of talking about narratives there's a narrative coming in you know I read read an article just the day of the Super Bowl you know this is going to be the story is going to be Andy Reid out coaching Bruce Arians and and it it just didn't happen that way and and Reid got greedy he got greedy at the end of that first half you know you've not it's not gone your way you, 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 but you got a chance to get in at fourteen six in a Super Bowl. Yeah. You get the ball. You get the ball to start the first half, second half. You've got the best quarterback in the game. Get in the locker room. Get in the locker room. Instead, what did he do? I've noted it down here. He bucks second down, having lost one yard on the first on on first down, at their own twenty nine with forty seconds left, with one timeout. Kansas City take a timeout. The Bucks then make. Nine yards to the 38, 44 seconds. We're going to let the clock tick. He calls another timeout. What happens? You know, Bucks end up, you know, down the field uh, and in the end zone. It was a catastrophic decision to get greedy there. Mm. Uh, and look, again, do I think the Chiefs would have come back into it? Probably mm. not, because I think the Bucks were the better team. But he didn't give his he didn't give his side a chance. They were 21-6 down at the break, uh, and they never got back into it. Totally agree. Well... You kind of mentioned narratives there. Are there any narratives that we think were kind of proven or, or disproven on Sunday night? I think the proven one is definitely the, the Bucks pressure with four. I mean, we talked about it a lot. We said that that was going to be the key matchup with Remmers, uh, particularly. Uh, and that's, that, that absolutely proved to, to be one of, if not the deciding factors in the game. Again, I mentioned the Bucks balanced attack. You know, Brady really in the second half... He didn't have to do anything because we just we just ran the ball with with, with Fournette. Uh, obviously, that great touchdown run. So I think that was a, that was a key part. And I think the Chiefs, you know, taking away their top two weapons. You know, this is a bit harsh, but you take away Kelsey and Hill, 
and it starts to look they start to look very very beatable and I know those are two amazing players to take away but outside of those players I mean Watkins was a total non-factor Hardman was a total non-factor you know I think I think that really proved that they probably do need to diversify those weapons Edward Solaire has been inconsistent in his first season I know he's been injured he did play quite well in, uh, at phases in this game um, but I think it proved that you know you can you can get at them if you make them kind of put those long drives together and take away the big bomb plays. Well, I kind of disagree, actually. I think the, the, the talent, offensive talent, kind of aside from the big two, is, is plenty good enough. But they need, to, they need to seriously invest in both lines, I think, ultimately. Because their defensive line was trash, frankly. Yeah, their I whole think, defense was I think, I think that, that, shocking, that's something that we were kind of talking about. Is I, I think... Frank Clark just didn't show up at all, um, which I think you you're expecting to see a very similar kind of game plan from both of them of trying to trying to rush with four, because um, this is what Spagnola does is like they try and rush with four, play coverage with seven, get if you get pressure with four, then it will hurry Brady and they can give him a few odd looks here and there that might confuse him or take him by surprise rather, and yeah you just you're not getting that. Uh, Chris Jones was deathly quiet as well. Um, off, outside of a couple of plays in the first quarter, yeah, the the KCD line I think was for me one of the more um, disappointing point uh, parts of their play. I think I think that's really where they need to um, they need to have a complete retool. Is is there like Chris Jones is is very good. I um, made all hoas and slightly less importantly all pro. <laughs> all um, uh, but I think outside of that in the front in the front seven, I think they've got. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of work to do there. Um, and yeah, we kind of Farley talked about it earlier. It's like the the DBs um, and kind of it's the way that Spagnola plays his defense is they, he he likes his uh, defenders making contact and kind of being a bit grabby. But when those flags start flying, that that really you know completely eliminated them from the contest. And just... but particularly, it's it's it, it, it kind of it's, it becomes self evident when. You know the D line. The D line doesn't get there, and you Brady. I mean, some the the pocket he had for that second touchdown to Gronkowski. Yeah. I mean, bloody hell, that was unbelievable. One of the best pockets I've seen all season, and the time he had to kind of go to his third option. You know, you you your DBs are going to have to get a bit grabby because they're having to they're having to cover players. You know, good receivers, but for, for much longer. So so I agree. Yeah. I think the Spagnolo. You know, that impact ultimately against Brady. You know, didn't come to pass. Yeah. In terms of stuff that was disproven, I've just got, I've just got one more. I'm definitely going to rail against this whole, you know, Tom Brady joining a loaded team kind of stuff. The the players what? that scored touchdowns for for the Bucks in this Super Bowl, oh, Gronkowski times two, AB, and playoff Lenny. So Mike Evans and Chris Godwin combined no, for combined for. That. Let me get it. Three catches for forty yards. So I think we need to just slightly cool against, the, cool against the, Jets against the on, number one uh, against against the the better coverage people. Like, that's the thing is like they went to AB because AB had the best matchups. I think the and guys they, and they, went, they went to and they went are to the new recruits on, on the on the league minimum. Just saying, they they I, are. But I whoever scored, there, yeah, he doesn't Funny get that. to that Super Bowl without Evans and Godwin. What are you talking? That's absolute trash like, I think the, team, the, the super, team is loaded Bowl, back to front in the, the team is lo- loaded I think back it's to just front. an interesting one that the touchdowns came from the guys that you know new to the team that but they that doesn't mean what, the team isn't loaded 
<laughs> thrown a grenade in here. You, it's, no, no, sorry, that, that's, that's just the most idiotic kind of comedy. Got you guys, got you guys on strings like Ryan Ryan Jensen. <sighs> this is what I mean, ladies and gentlemen, about a bad winner. <laughs> yeah, genuinely atrocious. We've, Look, we've been nice as well. We've been nice. Like we haven't. But yeah, you you chat out your arse now. Let's move on now. Um, <laughs> who should be favourite next year? Tom, why don't you start this? Oh, it's got to be the Bucks. No, I'm joking. It won't be the Bucks. Um, I do think there's a you know reasonable chance to, to come again. Uh, Favourites for me next season. Can we, we, can, we, quite... can we say outside of the two Super Bowl, um, Super Bowl teams? Because I do think that they are... I, I don't know if they are with the bookies, but I think they are the two favourites, right? They they are today. They weren't mm. on, on Monday morning. They weren't, but they are today, the two favourites. Yeah, they both. I don't think they either of them are losing too many major pieces, so should be able to retool and go back at it. I think the the team, the teams for me that I'd I'd, I'd highlight. I think you know the Buffalo Bills. I think have got a great chance to to come again. Yeah. With the the improvement we've seen out of, out of Josh Allen, I'm absolutely sure that one of the teams that 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 probably Farley will mention will be the Rams. And I've got to say, I'm not buying that one myself. I think the, the the Stafford signing, whilst an interesting one, for me the the Rams, uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be pushing them myself. They're uh, a best an outsider, like. Uh, yeah, I think I think that there's going to be a lot of focus on on the Rams, but they wouldn't be a team I'm pushing myself. So, I think, but at the top, real top of it, I'd probably have Buffalo. I think Green Bay have still got a great opportunity to be there or thereabouts. Obviously, with 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 Rogers. Uh, and, and that defense ha- has certainly improved, uh, I think, over the last season or so. Uh, I think those would be my two that I'd kind of lead lead out with outside of the Super Bowl teams. It's it's going to be the te- the winner of the Super Bowl is going to be a team from the NFC West. Yeah, I mean, I before I mean, I, I know you you're claiming that I'd, I'd seen it in your article, Farley, but I, I really don't read. What, that I, I really don't. I don't really don't read what you put out. <laughs> um <laughs> but i do i do like uh in terms of if we're talking about like where they are as in how they're viewed uh in a betting market i do think the arizona cardinals are a really good outsider team um you've seen the kind of growth that they've had there and i think if, you, if they continue growing along that kind of trajectory they, they could definitely be a super bowl team next year and again the buffalo bills is a team i, I do like myself um, I think they need a, a few more pieces on defense, but they can definitely go after them in free agency in the draft. Yeah, for me, for me, totally agree. I think the Cardinals are fifty to one outsiders at the moment. I think that's a pretty good price. I think it's going to be a big improvement. The Rams, I, I love Matthew Stafford. I love that defense. I think that is a, a match made in heaven. And the other one who are surprisingly high actually with the bookies sixth favorites is I. Th- I thought they'd be a bit lower. But I do actually agree with the, the, with the placing as the San Francisco 49ers because, mm. I mean, you talk about... You, obviously, Liverpool fans have been moaning about injuries all year, but you talk about a team that really has had yeah. sort of season-derailing injuries and the, the Niners were as bad as I can ever remember it for any team and they're going to have all those guys back. It's potentially an upgrade at QB. We might see that. And one of the sharpest I, sort of minds in football, so I think they're. I think a really the good I bet. think the upgrade at QB is in terms of a in terms of a Super Bowl win. I think the upgrade in QB needs to happen um, before before I jump aboard the the Niners bandwagon. I think there's a bit of a theme. I think there's a bit of a theme there. And Niners was again, I agree, a team 
a team I'd have as an outsider, but I, I would group them in with a couple of other teams that, I mean, it's it's such yeah. a ridiculous thing to say, but, you know, if they can get the quarterback position sorted, well, that's, well, that's it's, what every it's, team's trying to do. But Indianapolis, But especially me, this off-season, right? Like, loads of, loads of teams are in a position where they can go after a QB and a, and a potentially top QB quite aggressively. Uh, so yeah, it'd be market. like like if Miami got Deshaun Watson in a big trade, like they would suddenly be like one of my favorites to win the Super Bowl. I think I think Washington as well, very interesting yeah. team. Perhaps they're a, I, I perhaps think they're Washington, another season away, but I, I think the yeah. pieces that they're building there with McLaurin and Gibson, great rookie season defense. Yeah. We've talked about a lot. They can I think solve they, that they need they need position. one more piece on offense as well as a QB in my in my opinion. But they mm. they have got a very good kind of building block there. Yeah, I think I think we're definitely right there. So look, let's let's move on now. I think, and um, yeah, let's get straight stuck into our awards. So it is the head and a swivel end of season awards, a, a very sort of honourable and customary kind of thing that we've done for a couple of years now, um, and it's it's the big awards that everybody wants to be a part of. And as we go through these, I'm going to mention who we who we gave in those positions for our kind of half season awards and there's some very interesting changes i think and obviously a few that have stayed the same and speaking of awards that have been an absolute lock since halfway through the season i think it's time we start with the comeback player of the year award um let's i'm not even i don't even know if i need to ask you guys it's alex smith isn't it it is yeah correct yeah no complaints how how much how much money do you win on that one farley uh four figures four figures um but i'm not here to gloat but i'm just going look, I, just for the sake of you know we mentioned the awards a little throw kind of throwaway addition i'm going to say is leonard finette the mm. guy who um basically tossed aside in jacksonville ended up with a super bowl ring and playing really well down the stretch for for the uh bucks but it is alex smith in in, in the same in the same regard People were writing Tom Brady off after his final year in the Patriots. So, I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of again. lot of uh, silence from those uh, people saying his arm's gone. They've disappeared into the background. Yeah. But anyway, moving on. Yeah, uh, so that's uh, Tom no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll hold it. I'll hold it. <laughs> a bit of a low key start there, um, and obviously we're, we're kind of coming up with a unanimous decision. We all agree on that anyway. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on. Coach of the year. Last time out, uh, myself and you, Sam, picked Brian Flores and Tom picked Mike Tomlin. Has anything changed there for anybody? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Tom, you go first. I think Flores, unfortunately for him, lost it in the last few weeks of the season, or the last couple couple of weeks of the season. Uh, doesn't shy away from the fact that, that he had a tremendous year. Mike Tomlin, you know, <laughs> definitely also lost it in the... The final few weeks of the season. After. I mean, it was the final half. I think it was literally after you crowned. They were eleven. Didn't him. they get to eleven and zero? Yeah, yeah. yeah so so the last I think it was a few, few four or five after. games that they that kind of crumbled away. And my 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 pick would would be in line with the way that the the NFL awards went. I'd be I'd be vouching for for Kevin Stefanski. I think it's always difficult. Do you just factor in the the regular season or do you factor in the postseason as well i think i think i think i think we can I mean, we can we're factoring postseason. yeah we're factoring post-season. yeah so getting that playoff win for, for for cleveland was was huge uh they had a fantastic chance to kind of you know move move three when was that what was that chiefs game was it the championship game or was it the 
It's divisional round. Divisional round. They had a great yeah. chance to kind of move through there as well. I think ultimately he's completely changed the culture of that organisation and did a tremendous, tremendous job creating our identity about what the Browns are about in, in, in 2020. Uh, Sam, who are you going to suggest? I'm going for Sean McDermott. Um, and mm. it's kind of an award given based on the last three seasons more than anything because I feel like he's made a steady progression with the Buffalo Bills every year. Every year getting subtly, like slightly better, but not to a degree that has ever like stood out enough for him to win this award. But I think in the past few years, he has deserved it and what for what he's done there. Um, and I think Stefanski is a very good shout, but also Stefanski put in place his playoff win he didn't even actually coach it so yeah true. Uh, i want to i want to give it to, i mean i think stefanski is the runner-up um and i'm glad you're taking this seriously enough not to just shout ba a hundred times um Tom. no no um, ba did a great job but i don't think he's out there <laughs> coach the year um but yeah so Such for me sure yeah exactly <laughs> uh sean mcdermott for me um, yeah, very good job. Oh, this is awkward. We've um, we've got three different coaches, so we're going to have yeah. to come up with a decision Ooh. here. Mine is Ron Rivera. Um, okay, finished seven and nine, but that was considerably better than anybody expected from from Washington this year. I think he's been kind of in part down to effectively like reinvigorated the franchise from being a, a true cesspit in every possible way to a team that. I'd say a lot of neutrals are kind of rooting for now. Mm. Great young core. I, I just, I just love, I love what he's done with the team. Uh, and for me, he's the coach of the year. And ultimately, if you don't agree with that, you, you pretty much support cancer. Bloody hell! <laughs> I think, I think Riverboat Ron is is a is a good honourable mention. I mean, you, you you can't give it to him with with seven and nine. But I do agree with you. I think yeah. you're right. That's a cesspit is probably so who, a good, who have good you, word. Who have you got second then, Farley? Oh. to work out who's winning this award. Go pick between Stefanski go McDermott, and McDermott. McDermott. Right. McDermott wins them. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think all three of them very good. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I think you need a couple more wins than seven and nine um, to really kind of get there. Or Yeah. But I do think he did a tremendous job, especially, yeah, because of, you know, him beating cancer at the same time. He did. So next up is the defensive rookie of the year award and we were actually really split on this last time winfield for tom chin for sam and myself was chase young so but where think, do people stand now i think that the second the back half of the year really secured young um as a defensive rookie of the year i think yeah, it's i'm not changing my vote it's difficult for me to to go with chase young having previously called him a, a gutless worm or was it, <laughs> or was it pathetic worm uh, on, uh, on the podcast i mean now so, you've called him both anyway i've called, so. him, I've called him both uh you know so yeah I'm, I'm fine you can have chase young i can't outvote you anyway uh and uh, he, he did play exceptionally well um, um would would you have been saying winfield or no i, I think young i think young that. is a fair shout um look, i think winfield did have a did have a great season um I, 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 what nearly turned it for me though is Winfield holding up the holding up the peace sign to Tyreek Hill. That was he nearly won Defensive Rookie of the Year for me for, just for that one moment. Exceptional <laughs> absolutely loved it. Um, I thought that was damn disgraceful. Damn disgraceful. You, you love you love you this love kind that. of thing in in, uh, in English football, like um, you know, people messing about. Offensive Rookie of the Year, last time out, myself and Tom had it right with Herbert. Mm. Sam, you picked Joe Burrow. 
I assume we're all going Herbert here. No, absolutely not. We're going Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson played at a like elite uh, wide receiver level. He played at an all pro level. Uh, Herbert played very good for a rookie QB. It's Justin Jefferson. Easy. You make a good. You make a good argument. I'm not going to move away from Herbert because I don't. I think he didn't do anything in the second half to, to blow it. I think, yeah, you're right. Jefferson played exceptionally, exceptionally well and put up stats that were, you know, up there with the the, the league's best. But this is a quarterback league, and you've got to give these big awards to the quarterbacks when they have. Oh great no, seasons. that's terrible. That, <laughs> that's a, that's that. such a cop out reason to give someone an award. <laughs> Farley, you got to change your your vote to step away from that logic. Come on. No, look, I I'm a man who can admit when I was wrong, and I thought I thought uh, Justin Herbert was effectively going to be a new Brock Osweiler, uh, so I was very wrong, and I'm a man who will own up to that. I think he was the best rookie this year. Good man, stick with Herbert. You're wrong. You're both stick wrong. Stick with Herbert. Uh, I've put it down. My spreadsheet is Justin Jefferson. So. Go away! You can't! You can't! Um, you can't just decide. I, I I am writing it on the spreadsheet. I have decided. Right, we'll have to. Defensive do Player of the Year. Um, last uh, we split again last time out. T.J. Watt uh, was my selection. Miles Garrett, yours, Tom, and Buda Baker, yours, Sam. Sam, where are you going right now? Uh, Aaron Donald, back half of the year, um, really kind of led that Rams defense to to being one of the best in the NFL um I think and that was the thing I think it's timing and when he played well TJ Watt's fantastic in the first half of the year when it started to matter um it was Donald who was turning it on and uh comparing the two TJ Watt leads in a lot of statistical numbers mm-hmm. but then when you factor in the position they play and the amount the so I think it was around about 20% of snaps uh, TJ Watt faces double teams versus the 60 to 70% of snaps that Donald faces double teams. Uh, the statistical difference in their kind of like sacks and pressures kind of makes sense. And yeah, I'm leaning a lot more towards Donald than what. So yeah, Donald for me. Um, I'm going to go with TJ Watt. Put simply, on a better defense, I thought he was absolutely lights out incredible. I think the stats do matter. And also, they padded against it's because teams. I also because I have Aaron Donald elsewhere soon to come up in another award and I will not be voting for him in in this one. When I had Miles I had Miles Garrett at the half, I think he had a, a very, very good season, but I do agree that I, I don't think he quite had the, the overall impact that those those two players did. Uh, I'm gonna lump with, with Watt purely on the basis that I think Donald's whilst having another exceptional season I'm not actually sure, you know, if he gets the gets it to go against him that I don't think this is quite as dominant perhaps as other seasons that he's had over the last couple of years. So I'm I'm happy to support you there with with, with TJ Watt. I think he really proved himself this season and, and also really loving uh really loving the brotherly love of, of JJ kind of coming out with the uh the Excel spreadsheet compare and contrast of uh why Brilliant. why TJ Watt is is better and was better in lots of statistical categories. So, for those reasons, I'll uh, I'll, I'll support you with that one. Padded stats against bad teams. Um, offensive player of the year. Uh, just just as a kind of reminder, in the halfway point of the season, we had a no quarterback rule for this. Yeah. Um, Tom and Sam, you picked Dalvin Cook. 
I picked James Robinson, the focal point of that offense. Offensive player of the year, then. <laughs> who who is it? I'm going to oh. change my I'm going to change my pick. I think Cook. Ultimately, I don't think there's any way you can look past Derek Henry for this award. Uh, an incredible season from from Henry that he put he put together, uh, leading leading the league in 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 rushing. I think again. So yeah. Derek Henry, Dalvin Cook again, not really did anything wrong kind of second half of the season, but Henry came on so strong and such a focal point of that that Titans offense that, that I'll change my pick to Derek Henry. Sam? It probably will probably end up giving us Derek Henry, but I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs. Um, he completely kind of... Uh, I know Josh Allen got a lot better, but Stefan Diggs is really the main reason for a lot of that improvement. And the impact he had on Buffalo, turning them into a bit of an offensive powerhouse. Did he did he fix um, Josh Allen's arm mechanics? Quite impressive of a receiver to do that. <laughs> he didn't fix his arm mechanics, but he did help him in the short game and gave him a target that was constantly open so that, you know, he can actually display his good passing mechanics going to someone who's open rather than someone who's covered, which is always helpful. Um, and, yeah, so I think Stefan Diggs uh, showed his value when you look at, compare the numbers between season and season. Um, turn them from being a team that couldn't really string too many offensive drives together uh, into a team that was one of the best offences in the league. I'm going for Devante Adams. Mm. I thought he was absolutely superb. Became basically a lock to score every single game. And yeah, I have put simply it's quite quite an obvious Eight one. To but, 18 so we're, we're a very big disagreement here. If I was to pick my second choice out of those three, uh, it would be Derek Henry. I mean, led the league in you know a two thousand yard season and seventeen touchdowns. Yeah, I can't. I, 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 I wanted to talk about Diggs. I do think Henry probably won the award. Diggs had a great season. So we're saying we're saying Henry then for yeah, that. Yeah, we're one. saying Henry. Okay, uh, MVP next. Uh, we have got best a uh, best QB award. Uh, best to do that. best QB. Do we want to do that? It was uh, my, uh, you two last time. Tom and Sam said Russell Wilson. I said Kyler Murray. I don't really think either of those. Both, both of in those the selections. Aaron Rodgers, right? Tanked second half of the season. Uh, Patrick Mahomes for me. Guy, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Rodgers. Was it 48 touchdowns? Yeah. Led the league. Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be, got to be Rodgers. Okay, Rodgers takes that and, one, and he repeats for my MVP as well. Uh, well, just quickly before we get into that, unanimously we chose Russell Wilson. Last yeah, despite time. despite you choosing Kyler for your best QB, you put Russell Wilson as as your MVP. I like to keep things different. Um, but uh, Russell Ru- let Russ cook has basically turned into uh, a shoddy come dine with me with some <laughs> chump serving up beans on toast. Um, so it's not Russell Wilson. Tom, who are you going for? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll go with Rogers. I think it's again statistically very very hard to. To look past him, that Rogers Adams connection was the most dominant duo in, in the regular season this uh, this year. Very very difficult to, to look past Aaron Rodgers, a deserved a deserved winner, I think, of league MVP. Yeah, um, I'd go Aaron Donald. What, best so player why why is your best defensive player not Aaron Donald then? Well, I just I, yeah, I literally even said because I've got him putting him later that's, on. Yeah, but that's not an, that's not a reason to. <laughs> If your best player is, if your best defensive player is Aaron Donald, then he's your best defensive player. It's not teach. I'm changing that. No, no I don't you, know are, that you are. You no, are. You are. No, that's Aaron Donald. No, I don't. I do not agree with these. 
I do not agree with players getting two awards. This uh, Aaron, is not a participation Aaron, party. Aaron, well, yeah, he's not he's not getting two awards. He's getting one. Aaron Donald is our defensive player of the year. Thank you for that, for Sam Farley. No, 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 no. no, no I've no. changed it. Uh, it's done. Uh, basically, look, or, or, Rogers, t- or take back your MVP. Or take 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 what you said I'm, back. Well, okay, I take back my MVP, and it was I don't know, just some bloke, Wyatt Teller. <laughs> I'm not I'm not voting for Aaron Rodgers. It's just not happening. Why? I mean, I, I he's the best QB in football this year. Oh, well, I think it's Patrick Mahomes, but uh, ultimately, second best QB in football, um, again, shouldn't be winning the MVP. It's Patrick Mahomes for me. <laughs> oh, okay, whatever you say, mate. Uh, so it's down as Rogers. Um, so we move on now to surprise of the year. Um, I. Do we have surprises of the half season? What would we say our surprises of the halfway? Okay, were? so halfway through, Sam, you said the Raiders beating the Chiefs. Tom said the the Patriots being bad. Uh, and I said the Dolphins being good slash lots of gory injuries. Um, I think the surprise of the year, when you take the year in context, is um, Josh Allen emerging as a top three QB in the league. Yeah, I can, I can, I can, I can buy that. I think probably wouldn't have. If if anyone had, had said, yeah, no, no one would have predicted the kind of the level he would have got to this year. Farley, um, any any changes for you? My surprise of the year is probably Lashawn McCoy winning back to back Super Bowl <laughs> rings without playing a single snap in either Super Bowl. The, uh, the guys, the guy is truly, truly a hanger on. He he deserved one ring, I think, for his career, like. Uh, but great, yeah, the, great play today. The the two, the two is now taking taking a bit too far. Um, but in all seriousness, my surprise would probably be um, the James Robinson story in Jacksonville, mm. undrafted yeah. free agent, turned into an absolute kind of steamroller. Love to watch him play. Um, it's a really good story. I was actually I was trying to think of trying to think of is, one kind is, of on the hoop. He's an undrafted running back though, not a not an every season narrative. Like you get that every year, don't you? Not, not no, not to that level. I think I think I think Robinson. I think or you can again maybe make a bit of a theme there. I mean, I know that there was there was hype, a little bit of hype, kind of in the in the depths of the fantasy community. And and, and to be fair to you, Farley, you you were on this, but you know Antonio Gibson would be another one. I think kind of coming out of nowhere or, or seemingly he's, out of he's, nowhere. He's a rookie though. Like if you want to do rookies and like Justin Jefferson being like sixth receiver, like in terms of receiving oh, yeah I mean Jefferson was, was a first round first, was mouth. a first round pick so I think and that's slightly different I think somebody coming out with the, the volume of college a, a workload that you know Gib, Gibson had I thought he that was very impressive just supporting Farley on the theme of, of somebody like James Robinson so I think those two kind of guys having astonishing seasons as, as rookie backs would be definitely falls in the surprise uh, in the surprise column for me uh, so we're going J-Rob kind of wins that one um, next one is it's a kind of a new award Terrible. but it's a new award but it's I guess a kind of continuation of another award uh, mm. last time out we had the about to have a great second half of the season award a very catchy name um, frankly an incredible miss all round Judge Judy was your <laughs> suggestion Tom yeah. um, dreadful Vikings roster was yours, didn't Sam. They didn't make playoffs, no. and Denzel Mims was mine, who <laughs> didn't score a touchdown all season. 
So mm. we are now the Three changing wins. this award to the one to look out for in 21 award. So are there any players or particularly maybe teams even, is there anybody you're looking forward to seeing in 2021 that you think could really kind of break out? Yeah, sticking to sticking to the sticking to the theme of themes, sophomore sophomore backs. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing. Uh, I think both of these guys massively pushed on second half of the season, uh, but I'm really looking forward to seeing the second years out of both J.K. Dobbins and and DeAndre Swift. I think Swift in particular, uh, playing for that kind of Lions organization with uh, Cam Akers in there as well. Yeah, yeah Cam Akers. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a, another really good one. Again, came on strong. Uh, I think Swift is probably the one I'm, I'm most kind of looking forward to. With you got that head coach kind of coming in the building, uh, very much saying, you know, <laughs> old school football. We're going to run it at you. We're going to punch you in the mouth. All that kind of thing. So I think Swift's going to get a big workload. Dobbins was was phased in as the season kind of went on, and and kind of towards the back end was was leading that backfield. Uh, and Acres, yeah, very very good point on Acres. I think a lot of people counting him out halfway through the season. It, uh, expectation that he would come in uh, and kind of dominate that back that backfield didn't come to pass, but down the stretch he, he did look very very positive. So yeah, sophomore running backs I'm, I'm looking forward to next year. Uh, Sam, anyone for you? Yeah, Taysom Hill, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, who's going to in camp win the um, Saints uh, QB job and take <laughs> over the team and lead them to a Super Bowl. Jeez. Okay. Um... Denzel Mims would be mine again. Uh, I'm dying on this hill. Absolute diamond in the rough. I think the Jets are going to be... Someone say Laquan Treadwell. Half better next year. And a half decent QB. Good align. Good good kind of coach here that's not an absolute clown. And I think they could really kind of turn this guy into something special. So I'm expecting a, a, a much improved. Farley, keep, keep, keep your keep your forward projections to running backs. You're quite good there. You, your track record in receives isn't quite... Not quite the same. Not quite as good, but I am the man that bought you Tyreek Hill. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> let's move on now to um, uh, the most prestigious award, some would say, the Matt Jones Award for Bum City of the Year. We give this one out to a player who's absolute hot trash um, and generally gets quite heated, but I'll kind of go go through who who had this at the halfway, <laughs> halfway point. And this, well, to be fair, it wasn't really players for the most part yeah uh tom gave it to adam gase or tom and sam gave it to adam gase which i think is entirely fair uh tom also gave it to matt patricia also gave it to everyone's favorite color commentator tony romo for (laughs) accidentally mistaking dax (laughs) multiple break it broken ankles as cramp and i gave it to that was so funny uh, I gave it to David Montgomery, who sort of stuck two fingers up me and had an absolutely cracking kind of five, six games down the stretch. Uh, must be a listener of the show. I think he must be. So, Sam, why don't you go first to this? Who wins the Matt Jones Award for Bum City of the Year 2020? Um, it's it, it's Mike Remmers, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, he just, I bless him, he's he's gotten onto the pitch and just proven exactly why he shouldn't be there he's he's a he's an absolute turnstile and fun thing about mike remmers is he was also the guy who was the tackle for the panthers when von miller destroyed them as well um so yeah i literally said i literally said that last week mike remmer get on the scrap heap don't come back to the nfl you're done uh today 
Who are you going for, Tom? I've got to go for my man, Matt Patricia. Got to stick with him. Talking of if hills, coaches, surely talking Gase of hills is to, Patricia. I mean, yeah, sure. But Gase is just an easy. He's an easy target, isn't he? He's the most obvious, the most obvious pick. But talking of hills to die on, uh, very much sat myself on the the Matt Patricia's a bum hill early doors, whilst everyone shouted me down. Uh, and I'll take the victory lap there. Definitely bum city of the year for that. Uh, um, I've got I, I like to give this to running backs in general because I think running backs <laughs> is the way you truly see some of the biggest bum cities in, in football um, but before I do this one honourable mention for the Matt Jones Bum City Award 2020 is Keel Harry of the Patriots <laughs> yes I, I just can't believe that I can that endorse this I can endorse this, this. guy was he a first round pick? Yeah, first round, round pick, pick. Dra- drafted before uh, both AJ Brown and DK Metcalf. Oh dear. I mean, Belichick's the guy has a first there. name for a surname, so let's start with that. Dreadful player. I I, I just can't believe how bad he's been. Um, but there are three guys who are really going toe to toe for this award, to and toe. I'm going to let you guys pick which of them should be my vote. Firstly, it's a guy who's who has regressed at quite an extraordinary level, Devin Singletary. Um, a guy, the guy who was actually being drafted quite high in some fantasy drafts at the start of the season. I mean, the guy turns out to be hot trash. I, I don't know how many TDs he scored all year. It wasn't enough. Um, just awful, awful player. The other guy, Sony Michelle, sounds like a knockoff Walkman you'd get at a market. Absolute crap. Um, Big Damien Harris has come in, taken his job, stolen his girl, and <laughs> doing all lots of good there. I mean, genuinely, Sony Michelle is a guy who he was actually a, a running back I did did miss on. I thought when he came into the league before he got drafted, he was going to be almost kind of Kamara like, do do really well, and he's he's absolute tosh. But a guy who I truly cannot stand, a guy who if you looked up regression in the dictionary and bum city and throw him on the trash heap it would be jordan howard's face like this guy he a couple of years ago he was was that season at the bears where he looked really damn good um people saying he was like you know the, the new kind of guy there he's awful he's at the dolphins now i think miles gaskin was getting reps ahead of him yeah Balage beat Ar- him out at times Ahmed previously, I think. Yeah. Ahmed, like, who, who the hell is this guy? I mean, uh, so I he put was, Jordan Howard into Google. In I mean, the guy's trash. I put Jordan Howard into Google. The first thing that comes up is, is Jordan Howard good? I'll save you the effort of clicking. No, he's not. You <laughs> um, Sorry, bleep that one out. Uh, the guy, he... He, uh, he makes Jay Ajayi look like one of the Dolphins' best backs ever. British-born JJ. British, though. Yeah. Um, Jordan Howard, man. Crap. I, I think and he's still... A, the worst thing is he's 26 years old, so we've got at least two or three years of seeing this bum turn up on practice squads and training camps left before he finally gets out of the league. So, yeah, really, we really also crap had player, quite, so. We had a good, some good... Uh, some of your old favourites making returns this season. That was certainly one of the <laughs> the most enjoyable moments of the season for, for me. I think, well, we, who do we have? We had 
the resurgence of Gus the Bus. I'm sure there are some other some other ridiculous names of players, maybe for, even former winners or contenders at least in the Matt Jones Award. Alex Collins was back, Alex I think, Collins, yeah, board. Alex Collins He's a former was one winner of, of this award. People coming out the woodwork left, right, and centre just to troll you. That was a particularly enjoyable, enjoyable moment. I think you even said at one stage that we were one more injury away from Matt Jones himself coming out. Oh, P uh, Ryan, P Ryan is another one. P Ryan, can we just take a minute just to have a look, little look at the Dolphins and some of the trash running backs they put into this this league? Miles Gaskin, Jay Ajayi. Oh, Miles Gaskin uh, bad. Oh, behave! <laughs> They've got Matt Breeder now. He's average. Oh, average! Get out. He would. He would dream of being average. He's trash. <laughs> Honestly, the the Dolphins are where running backs go to die. It is except a horrible, for all the ones, except place. for all the ones who came out of there and now and last year ended up being some of the leading ones in the NFL. And well, we're not going to get into that guy at the Cardinals again. He's crap. I'm sorry, he is. <laughs> he is. Leave, um, leave, leave let's, Kenyon let's, out of it. Let's move on. Let's move on now. Wait, so uh, who's, so that who's, one, that... who's a consensus? Do we say it was Jordan Howard then? Can we make it Jordan Howard? Because I, 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 I can't stand I him. I don't mind. This is this is your award in in spirit, Farley. Yeah, John Howard, I'd, I'd, like John to, Howard. I'd like to have seen Mike Rammers, you know, just hopefully never see a football field what? again. I mean, but ugh. mainly because mainly because his being bad is going to end a QB's life. He's that bad. Christ, he's not that bad. Um, uh, Jordan Howard, man, I think Jordan <laughs> Howard might be a free agent now. Actually, I'm sure he'll be bouncing around. Do you reckon we can get him on here? Yeah, I hope he doesn't listen back to any of the shows. <laughs> I think he ended the season at the uh, Eagles. It seems just looking at him now, Christ, what's uh, average average carry of one point seven yards? Get out of town! I hate you so much. Um, let, let's move on now. Look, the show's been show's been great. As we kind of mentioned um, earlier on, we're going to go. We'll be back before the draft. Uh, and if anything big and spicy comes up in the meantime, I'm sure we'll we'll put up. A I think show, I think but... I think I think maybe maybe a free agency kind of roundup pre-draft as well. Um, so maybe a couple of shows around draft time. Um, one, yeah, one is we'll one back. is a free agency wrap up, and hopefully we have some QB more QB news to talk about as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, big off as there. usual, follow us at HOS Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Follow us on our own ones. I'm Farley Wrights. What are you, Tom? I think I'm Tech Talks now. I think I'm. I finally oh, yeah. changed it after years of uh, your irritation that I was Griff Wrights. I've, I've, I've changed it for <laughs> you, mate. Really great, annoying. great bloke. Um, Sam, you don't have one, do you? Nah. I just, Still I just Bebo. occasionally, I occasionally monitor the the house one. That's it. Uh, well, great. It's been a uh, good fun, guys. Well done, Tom and the Bucks. Uh, see you later. Have a good see one, guys. guys. <laughs>